Let's talk about native plants. Brendan Samuels is a PhD candidate in bio at Western University. And we don't pay enough attention to native plants and what non-native species can actually do. And that's what this conversation's about. If you want to plant a palm tree in your backyard because you like palm trees, shouldn't you be able to? Huh? Why not? Why do native plants matter? Well, here's Brendan. So a lot of people are aware that nature is not doing so hot nowadays. We're actually in the midst of a human-caused mass extinction event. And one of the principal ways that people can help uh, conserve nature and biodiversity is to plant native species. What is a native species? Plants evolved all over the world over millions of years. And the plants that evolved in our region evolved, of course, here. So they are specific to our region. People have moved plants around a lot over the last couple of hundred years. We've got a lot of species that have been brought over from Europe and from Asia because people like how they look or how they're used for food. And these plants have escaped into the wild and they cause quite a lot of harm to ecosystems because they outcompete the native plants that evolved here over a long time and don't really have a line of defense against plants that arrive from the other side of the planet. Um, The other reason that native plants are really important is because there are a lot of different wildlife. There's a lot of species of birds and particularly insects that animals like birds eat that depend on native plants for their life cycle. For example, caterpillars that become moths and butterflies really need specific native plants to eat so that they can grow. Brennan, maybe it's easy for us to picture that, that, yeah, if you are a bird, if you are a little furry creature in the woods, you get used to eating certain things, you adapt to that, and you need those certain things to be around so that you can find the food you need to survive. Getting back to the other idea, the outcompeting among plants and species of plant themselves That one's maybe a little harder for us to get our heads around because you would think it's the woods. It's the forest. There's lots of room (laughs) for everybody. So what is the issue? How do plants outcompete each other? They tend to be stuck in the ground. That's yeah, it's a tricky thing to wrap our heads around. I think we look outside, we see green and we think, oh, this is natural. Um, In fact, a lot of the species that we think are part of nature did not evolve here as part of ecosystems, but were introduced by people in the last couple hundred years. So, for example, in my backyard, I have a lovely, humongous maple tree. And you would look at that and think, oh, this is natural. And we have maple trees in Canada. There's a maple leaf on our flag. The truth is that the Norway maple was brought over here because settlers really liked how fast it grew and how it looked. And it has become a weed tree in the way that it multiplies very quickly. And it grows so big and the leaves are so thick, nothing else can grow underneath it. And there's no water left in the soil for anything else to grow. And so invasive species are a very expensive problem to manage in Ontario and all over the world. Um, We have invasive species laws that are not really being enforced properly. And actually, the Auditor General of Ontario released a report in November of last year, which looked at how the government was handling invasive species and found that we're not doing nearly enough and that we're having entire ecosystems be erased because plants will just take over. 
they grow really dense. Um, they sometimes uh, will add chemicals into the soil that make it difficult for other plants to grow. Um, so it, it's rather complicated. It's not just plants. It's also animals like goldfish uh, that people have introduced. And invasive species are a shared responsibility of all people, uh, you know, consumers like you and I. But I think also uh, companies that are selling these materials need to provide better information at points of sale. And we need a better strategy that encompasses the different levels of government that are to be involved. Brendan Samuels joining us, PhD candidate in biology at Western University. And you just hit on something right there because, Brendan, we can say, you know, I'm not going to take a trip to Europe and hide a plant in my pants and try and get through the border. So I don't have any real issue with bringing native plants into the area where I live. But you just said it. You've got certain companies that are maybe already doing this. So if we're going to go to the garden center somewhere and I don't know about you. Uh, this is kind of how I go to the garden center. I push the cart. And my wife says, you know, that will match and that one's good. And we need this one of this color. And I just push the cart. And then at the end, I pay. That's what I know about gardening. But with that, are we having to be a little concerned that we might be able to pick up non-native species at a garden center? Yeah. So thank you for that. Um at garden centers, there are a whole variety of plants for sale. You've got plants that were grown in Ontario. You've got plants that were grown all over the world. Um, and there's very little in the way of regulation that says growers and distributors of these plants need to label them a certain way. Um, something that I'm very concerned about is there are a lot of people like me who want to plant native species. They want to feed, you know, monarch butterflies and pollinators. But if you go to a greenhouse, you might read a label on a plant that says this is Ontario native. The truth is that that plant may have been grown in the United States. It may have been imported. And even though the plant, the species might occur in parts of Ontario, that doesn't mean it grows everywhere in Ontario. So it's become a bit confusing for people to know when they're shopping at a store and looking at the labels, what is actually a good thing to plant for nature um, that's local to where I live. I always refer people to two resources that can be helpful. The first is in Ontario, we have a program called Grow Me Instead. And if you just Google Grow Me Instead, you'll find guides for the southern part of Ontario and the northern part of Ontario, which talk about some common invasive species to avoid and suggested alternatives that are native. The other thing that I refer people to is the United States Department of Agriculture, or USDA, has a plants database. It's USDA plants database. And if you go on their website, you can type in the name of a species and it will pull up a map which shows you where that species is indigenous, where it evolved over those millions of years and where it has been introduced. And based on that information, you can make decisions on what is appropriate to plant specific to where you are. I also point out to people that although May 2-4 weekend is an exciting time to be out in the garden, actually for growing native, the best time of year to harvest and put plants in the ground is in the fall because you can extract seeds from plants or you can attend a community plant exchange. They happen all the time um, and recover materials that were grown locally where you live. That way, the genetic material that you're adding to your garden is going to be compatible with the plants that evolved here over millions of years. This has been so educational. Brandon, thank you for your part in making our world a better place. You do it in so many ways, and we really appreciate that. Thank you. Brandon Samuels, Ph.D. candidate in biology at Western University.